0: Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So the title of this talk? Nice guys, sometimes finish first. Barbara Weiss... Steve Kerr, and Pope Francis. Hmm. Well, for me, it's been an extraordinary week of inspiration. Mm. And I uh, thought of the title uh, that I just mentioned um, as a Another, another way of looking at a very famous quote, if you're a sports fan, or probably it's in the, the uh, colloquial um, aphorisms, by uh, a spunky manager, Leo DeRocher, who said, uh, nice guys finish last. Saying, you know, you've got to be ruthless, you've got to be tough, you've got to be um, um, aggressive, um, and have a little bit of a mean streak in you to make it to the top. And often that that seems to be the case, but um, it's not always true. We know it's not always true. The Buddha was a nice guy, I think um, he didn't do so bad and we're we're inspired by um by goodness and particularly this week uh I've been inspired by some goodness uh two two events on uh, Tuesday, which happened to be, I didn't realize this uh, until I saw it on the internet, uh, Tuesday uh, was June 16th, uh, otherwise known as Bloomsday, which is a day of celebration uh, around the world for um, any uh, uh, anyone who's a James Joyce um, Fan that Blooms Day is the the day that Ulysses, the the novel Ulysses, takes place, and he uh, it it takes place within a day, and uh, he picked June 16th because that was the day June 16th in 1904 that he met his beloved, um, and so it's a day of celebration, uh, and there's. And there's celebrations all around. Take a look at Bloomsday where they how they celebrate it in various places, you know, especially in, in in Ireland, but uh all over. And uh it was a day of celebration. Um the 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 day started, I'll share first on a personal note for me, um, being there for the passing of a very inspiring woman, whose name is barbara Weiss barbara uh was eighty four when she passed and uh I happened to be there when she when she died, which is a an extraordinary honor and privilege um if you ever have the chance it can go any number of ways. But when it's a a peaceful death for somebody who lived a beautiful life, um, it's really quite, um, quite moving. And I just feel so fortunate that I could uh, be there for her. So I wanted to just mention a little bit about her as an inspiration. And I know... Is one person who any who knows anyone who knows Barbara Weiss, so maybe in a moment, if you feel like it, you can say a word uh, about her, Liz. Um, she um, she was a professor of social work at uh, at Cal, and trained many, many, many uh, social people who became social workers over the course of the years, Um, very clear, very strong, very intelligent, uh, very good heart. Uh, She, uh, her daughter, um, who was there also, her daughter, Chris, and Jane, my wife and I, were all at her bedside, uh, and her daughter... uh, Shared that at the age of 19 she uh, worked or was with Eleanor Roosevelt and, uh, and did some work when I think uh, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt was a UN ambassador, and uh, something rubbed off on her. Um, and she, uh, a few other things, she bicycled around India um, with uh, doing healthcare projects just uh, giving, um, uh, going to the villages and uh, supporting people uh, who were in need of health care. And then her life was devoted to uh, social work and making this a better place. Um, And I first met her, uh, she started taking the beginning class. I used to teach the beginning classes uh, a few times a year, here in Berkeley, I haven't in the last uh, year or two. But she came to like three series in a row. Oh, there she is again! This sweet woman who I thought was just kind of a, a sweet, mild uh, woman who was looking for something, and then I got to know her, and she's she's a powerhouse. Uh, and then she took the Awakening Joy course like three times. Uh, And then she was in, so when she wanted something, she really went for it. And then she was in uh, my wife Jane's Awakening Joy group, which Liz is in for three years, uh, a group that's bonded uh, very very closely. Um, And just the last group a few weeks ago, uh, they all met at Barbara's room, and she kind of held court and said, okay, we're going to We'll do this with the now everybody'll go around and now you say this and and um she she just had real style and and class um, she was married four times, and her third husband um had two children uh i think it was two um and uh wh- who came into her life when they were 14, I think 14 and 16. And the husband didn't turn out to be such a, a wonderful guy, but the children and she bonded. So she left the husband, but kept the children. <laughs> and we were with uh, the, the younger one, who's now in her, uh, I don't know how old, you know, maybe 40s or, or more, 50s, 40s. And um, and the ch- and the uh, and she said she saved my life. That we were really wild, out of control, and uh, and Barbara just kept on loving us. And it took me about eight years to let in her love. But from at around twenty-two, I finally got what an amazing person she was, and I let in the love, and we've. Bonded ever since, and uh, her whole family just loved her so much. Um, Jane, who um, who felt a little bit funny, she, had, she hadn't gotten to uh, to say uh, to pay as much, uh, spend as much time with Barbara as she would have liked, because she was doing a whole lot of things uh, on her plate, and she was traveling for a while, and she finally saw. Barbara, she said, you know, I just feel, I feel so badly that I didn't get a chance to spend more time with you and I feel uh, a little bit uh, guilty. And Barbara said, here's an instruction for you. Jane, drop the guilt, keep the love. That's been with her ever since. Drop the guilt and keep the love and just so um so fortunate that uh it turned out that the meditation the dharma she was really ready for the dharma and it really touched her and and rounded her out and uh, it was it was so helpful in bringing her real peace and perspective um that uh, being around Jane and being around uh, practice really made a difference. So I didn't get a chance to see her until uh, just before she passed. I was in St. Louis this last week, and Jane was with her the day before. And I got back, and and Jane said, it's very close to the end. And that next morning, I called, and I said uh, to her daughter, is it okay if I come over and she spoke to Barbara, is it okay if James comes over? And I heard through the phone, yes. You know? <laughs> okay, so I was definitely coming over. And um, it was quite amazing. I got there, just Jane and I got there just a few minutes before nine in the morning. And um, at first she was breathing hard because there was something happening with the machines. And then the machines kind of settled down and all the, the, the alarms started settling down. And then, then it was quiet. And we were just telling her what a wonderful life she lived. And we were holding her hands. And I was stroking her forehead and saying, you did your life really well. And I just kept on saying that. You did your life so well. You did such a good job, and uh, so many people love you. This is something that if you're ever in that position, you might just keep in mind if the, if the person is, uh, even if you don't think they can hear, there's something that gets through. But if it's true, let them know, you did such a good job with your life. You did your life really well. You did what needed to be done. You have so much love coming your way and your own good heart that will carry you on your way. And um, she got very calm and within 15 minutes, she was gone. And uh, I was just so moved. As I say, it's such a, a special thing it's such a mysterious thing to be there for somebody's transition. Like, they're there, and then their essence is, is not quite there. The body is there, but you can feel them in the room. And we sat with, with her for some time afterwards, and then her granddaughters came and, uh, and uh, other family came, and, and we left. Um, But I just want to uh, dedicate this evening to her and know that uh, when I think of her, I think of all the hundreds and hundreds of social workers out there who were inspired by her who make a difference in the world and just the rippling effect that that somebody can have. So uh, maybe before I go, Liz, is there anything you want to say about her? What's that? Here, just, uh, just for, for a moment or so. we have a couple of other people I want to get to, but just for
1: um, I was in the, the Awakening Joy um, small group the... mm-hmm. that, that Jane set up. And so I met Barbara about three years ago when it started. And I had kind of similar experience to James over a shorter period of time of just first thinking she was kind of this nice old lady. <laughs> she said in the first group that... Um, she was doing Awakening Joy because she wanted to really be conscious about this last part of her life, and that really struck me. And then she was working for um, uh, what's his name? The uh, used to be the A's manager who had the Cat Foundation, and she, huh? Tony, right? And and she was Tony Larusa, and she was helping, um, me, uh, not mentor, you know, just take care of cats before they got adopted. Uh huh. And it was only over the next three years that I really found out so much more of who she was and um, just she 's just such a such a wonderful woman, and that last meeting we had in her hospital room was she was so present and like you said, James, in charge of how she wanted it to be. I had no idea she was going to be dying that soon. I knew she was quite sick, but it didn't seem like she was so close to on her way out. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that's the last time I saw her, so mm-hmm. I, uh, I treasure that. Um, Thank and you. thanks for sharing.
0: Mm-hmm. Thanks. And the, the, her caretakers were, were crying um, who had not known her all that, that long, and just, uh, oh, she was, she, as, as Jane said, she was the good mother that everybody wanted. And, uh, yeah, just to know that a really beautiful woman did her life well and, uh, and uh, her legacy carries on. And not all that easily. I
1: mean, with, you can imagine with four husbands um, <laughs> that it mm-hmm. wasn't a smooth road the whole time. I mean, she'd been very, yeah. very politically active, very left-wing, I think, in Chicago. I just heard that towards, you know, maybe a couple of months ago. Yeah. So you keep finding out more things. but Yeah, she had some moxie, really... Uh, she did have one story. One time she was complaining in the group how her son's wife had said he was doing, she was doing Passover this year. She said, not even Jewish and doesn't know how to make brisket. And Nobody asked me, you know, did I want to give up Passover this year? And we said, um, how old is your son? And she said, 60. <laughs> A number of us grown who have like 30-year-old sons. Like, Oh my God, <laughs> this keeps going. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Okay, so uh, there's one nice guy, if I can bend the gender, um, who did her life well and finished first and inspired many, many people. And then later on that day, on Tuesday evening, um, as people who've been coming here know... um, the Golden State Warriors are near and dear to my heart, and on Bloomsday, the celebration day, they uh, they won the championship. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I gave the talk here about attachment and uh, <laughs> and your basketball team, uh, and putting keeping things in perspective. So um, I want you to know that I do have some awareness of keeping things in perspective. Uh, But a whole lot of people, at least here in the Bay Area, have been happy in this last few days. If you're from Cleveland, it's another story. But um, what I really wanted to uh, talk about was um, the coach of the Warriors.
2: Mm. He's
0: a Good guy. He's a really good guy, and uh, I, I mentioned maybe a little bit uh, the other talk, but I wanted to share some things that have inspired me so about him. His name is Steve Kerr. He was a player, uh, won five championships with two different teams. He played with Michael Jordan's team three three times. Uh, hit the winning basket on for one championship. Um, and he was a rookie coach. He never coached before this year. He was a sportscaster, uh, a, a, a sports analyst. Brilliant, really knows the game well, and um, knows what it takes to win a championship. And... Um, they knew everybody knew if he got to be a coach, he'd be extraordinary because he's very, very thorough, prepared, and and has all the right um, qualities. Uh, and this year, they let go of their their coach from last year, Mark Jackson, who happened to be announcing the games for this year it was kind of an interesting um, twist. Um, and he took a really good team. They were a very good competitive team. Even if you're not a sports fan, I hope this will be relevant to you. I mean, that and for me, sports are just a, a kind of reflection on life. I've learned as many things from my uh, sports addictions in both attachment and, uh, and 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 deeper kind of principles as. Uh, uh, you know probably Dharma talks, um, so he took a really good team, and he brought them uh, to become an elite team the the one of the best teams statistically ever and he did it when he came. You know, coming into a, a new, t- new, new situation where the other coach, who was very popular with a lot of guys, not everybody, but a lot of the guys, was crazy about the last coach. And that's a tough situation to step into. But he went to every player, including going to Melbourne, Australia, because the the, 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 the main, uh, the big man, uh, Andrew Bogut, lives in, in uh, is Australian. He went to every player... Uh, personally, and he had a, a talk with them saying, you're going to be part of this team no matter what, where, what piece of the puzzle you, you fit in. You're an essential part of this team and this is how I want to use you and this is how uh, I want to imbue this team with uh, a, a team spirit. Um, And they had this chemistry. I mentioned this the other week. One of the announcers, the local announcers um, announcing the games, he said, I've been covering basketball for 30 years and the the Warriors for 22 years, and I've never seen a team with chemistry like this, which is really, really the key because so many of these athletes, they're just great physically but mentally is where... They take it to another level. And everybody had the best year of their career. It was like everybody was brought up at the same time, and they went from last year being a team that had the next-to-last or fewest assists, passes during the game and assists during the game to this year being far and away a whole other League from the second most, far and away, the most passes and the most assists, because uh, he he got them believing in being uh, just bringing out the best in everyone. That's his that's his mission to bring out the best in everyone, and particularly two players who were all stars before he told he convinced them. He said. For the good of the team, I want you coming off the bench because you can settle down the second team, and the guy who I'm moving, the guys who I'm moving to starters, they'll flourish in the starting role in a way that they can't in the as, as a bench player. That takes a lot of good persuading, and they the all stars both bought into it. And that was one of the main things that turned the team around, that we're all in this together. And it turned out that the guy who came off the bench, the former All-Star, turned out to be the most valuable player of the, the series. Uh, but I, I want to read to you a little bit of uh, an article from the, from the paper. Oh, this, by the way, if you're, if you're into joy, uh, that's, that's their star, Steph Curry... Um, and uh, and here's Steph Curry with one of those two guys who made it to the starting, and they, they just really love each other. This is what this sports writer said about him. He said, he's uh, this sports writer, Ann Killian, as someone who's covered the best and worst of Bay Area coaches and managers for the last quarter century, I can vouch that Curry is one of the best to cover. He's smart and funny, not condescending or self-important. He understands that he's paid ridiculously well to coach a game, that he's not performing brain surgery, that the people who work for him are not machines, but humans, that communication skills are more important than X's and O's. In the moments after his victory, Kerr paid tribute to the coaches who taught him, Lute Olsen, Lenny Wilkins, Phil Jackson, and Greg Popovich. And uninterrupted, he paid tribute to the man who came before him, Mark Jackson, he said, and his staff really built a defensive juggernaut. He conceded his team was fortunate to stay healthy, and that luck played a large part in the Warriors' success. That's not what coaches usually say. Though he played with the greats, though he hit a game-winning shot to win a title, Kerr didn't laud his triumph. He downplayed his feats. I'm an old man now. He likes to give assists. Along the long playoff journey, he took advice from everyone, his wise old defensive coach, Ron Adams, and his young video assistant, Nick Urin. Our philosophy is to, joy- is to enjoy every day, Kerr said. We're not digging ditches. We're living the dream. And uh, the players, just one after another, just talked about what a special, amazing, brilliant, good-hearted guy he is. And they just love playing for him. This one one guy whose contract can be renegotiated. He can go to any other team and get a lot of money And usually the players say, well, I'll just see what my options are in the offseason. And they get like a bidding war going. And this player, Draymond Green, said, I'm coming back here. This is where I I need to be. Very unusual to say that. And their their star player, Steph Curry, also is in that same way. I can throw in a a a three-and-a-half... Uh, nice guys. When Steph Curry gave his most valuable player speech, he just talked about everyone and all the people that that helped him. So he went from being classy, just a really classy coach. He, he was, in, uh, in, in other uh, Dharma terms, a mensch a really, which is a Yiddish word that means just a really decent guy, which for me is as high as, as it gets. And now I want to talk about Pope Francis. We are so fortunate, at least in my opinion, so fortunate to have a truly spiritual person as one of the most impactful spiritual beings on the planet. And what he did today really makes a difference. As you probably know or saw or heard, he came out with his encyclical on climate change. And it's a very strong, clear call to make a difference in the world and to care about this planet and care about those who are oppressed and care about those who suffer the most from greed that's run rampant. The spiritual leader of 1.2 billion people. who has tremendous humility and alignment with the truth and tremendous courage to just say what's so. I wanted to read some of the quotes from this encyclical on the environment Never have we hurt, have we so hurt or mistreated our common home as we have in the last 200 years. We are not God. The earth was here before us and was given to us. The earth, our home, is beginning to look more and more like an immense pile of filth in many parts of the planet, the elderly lament that one's beautiful landscapes are now covered with rubbish. The idea of infinite or unlimited growth, which proves so attractive to economists, financiers, and experts in technology, is based on the lie that there is an infinite supply of the Earth's goods. And this leads to the planet being squeezed dry at every limit. Yet all is not lost. Human beings, while capable of the worst, also are capable of rising above themselves, choosing again what is good and making a new start. How refreshing that somebody who is uh, in that position is a true follower and believer of Jesus' beautiful teachings. Blessed are the poor. We must help the poor, help the oppressed, and love as well as we can. and be inspired to make this a better world. And when we hear somebody speak with that conviction and alignment with the truth, it moves us, it brings out the best in us. There's this phenomenon in psychology that uh, Jonathan Haidt, I think, uh, coined called the elevated response. Where when you see somebody doing something noble, it uplifts you, it moves you, it makes you want to do as good as you can or be a better person. And so when we are elevated by someone saying the truth and putting himself on the line, as unpopular as the pushback might be from all the forces of greed or um, uh, selfishness or confusion, uh, it makes us want to make this a better world And this is a very exciting thing today. Uh, As many people know, I've been very uh, moved by the climate change um, situation. And uh, just speaking to somebody uh, a few days ago who was doing an interview uh, um, about it uh, with me, and he said, well, do you f- does, does it ever get disheartening that it seems like there's, there's so far to go and we've, we've made such a mess of the world and, uh, you know, the forces of greed are so powerful. And I agreed with all of that, certainly. But when I look at things over the last five or ten years, even the last two or three years, the conversation has changed. It's no longer fringe weirdos who are (laughs) tree-hugging, tofu-eating, granola-crunching people who care about the planet. It's so many of us And more and more of us, particularly with things like the drought, starting to wake people up. Oh, this isn't just happening in Pakistan or Africa, or oh, it's too bad about those. When it hits home, then there's a little bit of a different wake-up call. Uh, But it's in every paper, most every day, and as that movement has happened, as that awareness has happened, then there are some watershed moments like the most respected spiritual leader in, uh, in the Catholic world saying, we're not doing good enough. We've got to make a change. And the most one of the most beloved spiritual figures, just by by dint of his character and his um, um, dignity and his integrity, saying it, that's a big impact. It will be really interesting to see, especially this year towards, as the year goes on, he, he's going to be coming to... Um, uh, to the states and speaking to Congress in September. And then in uh, December are the Paris, uh, big Paris environmental talks. Um, so who knows? Just everything It's in its own way. But for me particularly, I'm so inspired. And so it's kind of such an interesting script that at this point, time this man is in a position of, of power where he has a platform. And it, in one way I hold it that there's a bigger script being written here than uh, anyone could figure out. As I've said a number of times, uh, I love my friend Roger Walsh's comment, We're in a race between fear and consciousness. And it's such an interesting time. Now there's a a curse, may you be born in interesting times, but this is an amazing time that we live in. And uh, everyone makes a difference. We all make a difference. Not that you can go out and save the world, but the more we add to the consciousness of the planet, the more that shift is supported. So I just wanted to underscore and take in what's happened today. which interestingly enough and poignantly enough is the same day that a great tragedy is in the papers, more hate killing more innocent people in Charleston. And there we have the the koan, the... The challenge, the riddle for us all there's hate, there's ignorance, there's cruelty, there's aggression, and there's love, and there's caring, and there's integrity, and there's wanting to make a difference in the world. and all of us, our being, is part of the tipping point. That it's not just out there reading the newspaper saying, oh, that's too bad, or oh, that's wonderful. Of course, we have those reactions, but if we just stop there, then it's a very limited response but rather to um, consciously in our practice cultivate that caring heart, cultivate that loving heart that loves goodness and that is a voice for goodness and a courageous voice for what's true, and what's good. That we can not only be inspired by somebody like the Pope, or the others that I've mentioned, or who in your life inspires you, but then you can be an agent of that same goodness and inspire others just by who you are, like Barbara Weiss did in her own way, what Steve Kerr does in his own way, that you can, in your own way, affect all the people around you just by your own commitment to live with integrity and with kindness and be inspired to make this a better world. So I'll stop here and any comments, any that comes up from that we can take some time before we, we close.
2: Yes. So I think you mentioned and put on, That's it. Like a rock star, right? That's it. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) Um, So you mentioned um, that also taking action is a big part of the practice in some ways. Um, I mean, what would be some starting points from realizing that you know I need to do something to you know actually doing it? Because there's just so many things (laughs) to do (laughs) in some ways. Um, I would just Love your thoughts on mm-hmm. how to translate or how to think about,
0: yeah. think about it. There, there are so many things to do and obviously you can't do them all. It'd be over- It's not up to you to save the world. But to find something that touches you and just find that outlet for your caring, that's, that's enough. As uh, I've mentioned here before, uh, I love Andrew Harvey's line. He says, follow your heartbreak. Follow where your heart is breaking, where it's moved, and put your energy there. Because just in the way you do it, in your own caring, and when you you put yourself in motion, whether it's being with somebody close to you who is dying, or who needs some, some support, or some volunteering, or you seeing your job as a vehicle to express your love, um, or if there's some cause that really moves you, just taking the smallest action and putting yourself in motion, that in itself As uh, Angelus Arian says, action absorbs anxiety. So you're, it relieves you of your, dis- of your anxiety, and it also uh, is inspiring for others to see, oh, Samir, there's somebody who really cares. Just like, you know, speaking about Barbara Weiss, who you never heard of. Oh, there's somebody like that. And when you meet somebody, think of people in your life who inspire you. And they don't necessarily. Maybe they're not on a Greenpeace boat and uh, and risking getting uh, getting arrested. But just they've inspired you by their goodness. That's adding to the to the stew of caring and consciousness. And do it from a place of of joy, as uh, Julia Butterfly Hill says. Uh, you can take it on as a joyful responsibility. This doesn't have to be a a, a heavy chore. Oh, I've got to make a difference in the world. <laughs> oh, God. This is pretty heavy. No. Uh-uh. Do it from, as a joyful responsibility because it feels so good to express your caring. That's Contagious. That's magnetizing. Yeah.
2: Shakti. Hi.
0: Hi.
2: I feel so grateful for hearing about Tuesday and um, about these inspiring people and about the Pope and reflecting. And I feel so um, happy and, and connected to the idea of saving um, nature, mm-hmm. beauty of nature. And I've been feeling myself and um, wondering if, if anyone here knows or who know. I'm sure people do, um, I've heard that the forests around here are in some danger, FEMA and clear-cutting. And I, I don't know what I can do. Mm-hmm. I know about how much... Resource I have to give in terms of energy mm-hmm. and i 'm really interested in preserving the forests here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so when you were speaking i was I was feeling that you know mm-hmm. to, to really make it a priority and take mm-hmm. the action that i can
0: thank you well actually there 's uh, a fellow who i i 've been uh, just recently reconnecting with who I mentioned here um, uh, a guy named Mark Barish, Mark, Ian Barish, who wrote my favorite book on compassion called The Compassionate Life. And uh, he, came, he, he's, he, a number of years ago, gave a talk here. He lives here in Berkeley, and he started this campaign called the Green World Campaign a few years ago, where after he wrote a book on compassion, he said, I've got to now do something. Rather than just write about it, and this Green World campaign um, is about reforesting the world, and he's been responsible. This is on on. He's not making any money. He's barely kind of making ends meet. It's all out of his own resources and uh, and and uh, and savvy. He has been responsible for planting. A half a million trees in Kenya, and a million trees worldwide. And we've just been talking about seeing what kind of tree projects and planting projects sanghas can do locally. Um, So I'll keep you posted and maybe you can head up the Berkeley Green, uh, our Berkeley, Insight Berkeley uh, Green campaign. Uh, but I will, uh, I'll mention one other thing on this. I, you know, uh, Carrie Nelson, who came here a, a, a few months ago, um, who's with the Green Committee at Spirit Rock, she started this um, uh, this class that Sean Munding and some of the uh, uh, people in the Insight Berkeley Green Committee and myself were taking and uh, over five weeks. And the assignment this week Has been to go for walks and really connect with nature, not just oh, it's so so nice and green in my neighborhood, but to be with a tree, to be with uh, with with in a park and be with the nature and um, feel the life coming through. And I, when I read it, I said, when we talked about it, yeah, that sounds like a nice thing to do. And I'll tell you, it's made a really big difference in my walks this week. Just seeing grass shooting through concrete, just wanting to burst through, or the, the 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 gardens that I pass every day, and usually say, "Oh, that's really lovely." Oh, there's life happening in there, and I've been deepening my. I, I'm not a gardener, and I all of a sudden I kind of got when people are gardeners. My wife gardens. Why that's such a spiritual experience. Uh, so I would just encourage you. You might take that on this week, particularly in in response to the uh, the Pope's teachings, to really let yourself fall in love with the earth on a deeper level and let yourself be amazed by life all around you. And from that place of love is going to be the most effective action.
2: This is actually... Um, I, I love hearing this because Sunday, I'm, I'm a yoga teacher and I'm taking my students on a solstice hike.
0: Mm. Mm.
2: So this is... I, I will do this with with them.
0: Beautiful. So anybody who... Uh, can other people join? Uh,
2: sure, if you're interested, let, let me know. Absolutely. Solstice
0: hike. And on Saturday, if you come to Tilden Park... Uh, with us, I think we'll, we'll do something about really connecting with, with the earth uh, at the picnic. Okay. The, did you want to say something, Jackie?
2: Right now in Tilden, very close to where the uh, picnic is going to be, is Jewel Lake, and there's a gray heron with a nest there. Mm-hmm. So if we're lucky, maybe the baby will come out or something. Mm-hmm. Beautiful.
0: Okay, so let's uh, take a moment to, to close. And um, as, you're, as we're doing this, you might think of somebody in your life who's a nice guy or a nice gal who inspires you, who finishes first in your book. Or if not, then just reflecting on uh, you know, the Pope or some other benefactor who moves you, inspires you. Just to get a little hit of that elevated response. And let it inspire you to be the best you can be for all of us. And for the planet. May we all connect with the goodness inside of us, and may we share our love and our caring well. And may we hold the earth near and dear in our heart, May we too let our own goodness uh, touch others as well. And may all benefit from our coming here together. May all beings know the highest happiness and peace. Thank you very much for your attention. Go forth. (laughs) Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.